And he made him also a prophet. His son was Sulaiman alayhi salam. Supported by the hadith which is in Sahih Bukhari, the Prophet said that when Sulaiman, the son of Dawood, was building the Aqsa Masjid, he made the dua, O oh Allah, give me a kingdom that no one can have the likes of it after it. And O oh Allah, bless my kingdom. And O oh Allah, anyone who prays in this masjid, do not let him get out without all his or her sins forgiven. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah gave him the first two. As for the third, I hope that he did. Sulaiman was the youngest of the children of Dawood. He ruled approximately, as historians say, from 926 to 966 before Christ. So he ruled for about 40 years. And the commentators said that he ruled the majority of the earth. And everybody knew him and his kingdom and his authority. He used to have ships that sailed in the Red Sea and to the west and in the Mediterranean, everywhere. We gave him a spring flowing with molten brass and we subdued for him jinn, who by his Lord's permission worked before him. Such of them as swerved from our commandment, we let them taste the chastisement of the blazing fire. And so Sulaiman inherited from Dawood. Sulaiman was only about 12 years old when he started to learn from his father Dawood how to judge fairly and perfectly between people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gives us a story in the Qur'an where two men came to Dawood alayhi salam. And what they said was, one of them said, I have some sheep. And the other one says, I have a land, farming. And the one who has the land, he says, my crops had grown and I was about to make profit out of them. But his, his sheep, he didn't look after them. They crossed across the fence and they ate all my crops. So Dawood after hearing both of their sides, he said, well, I rule that the owner of the sheep must give you all of his sheep as a compensation for your loss. So Sulaiman enters and he says, oh father, do you mind if I suggest another ruling? He said, go ahead. He said, get the person with the sheep to give his sheep to the owner of the farm. And the owner of the farm give the, the, the land to the other man. The other man must plow and work on his farm to bring it back to the way it was. While the other man keeps his sheep and benefits profit from them until his land is back to the way it was and then he returns back his sheep and each one takes their property. And Dawood loved the ruling of Sulaiman. And Allah says it in the Quran, we let Sulaiman gain its comprehension to understand 
how to rule between those two people. And Allah says in the Quran, and indeed we have given Dawood and Sulaiman knowledge. And listen to what they said. We are grateful and thankful to Allah who has favored us above many people among his servants, his worshippers, who are truthful and believers. What are they saying? All this knowledge we have, all this wisdom we have, all this kingdom that you see us having, all this authority and power is not from us. It is given by Allah. And Allah has chosen us, so therefore people don't ever think that it's from us. It's always from Allah. Allah says about him, and so Sulaiman inherited from Dawood. It means that Sulaiman inherited the authority and the responsibility to look after the people. That's what he inherited. Khalifa after him, one who takes the role after him. Allah then says that Sulaiman gathered the people immediately after the death of Dawood and he said, O oh people, we have been taught the language of the birds. Sulaiman could speak to the birds and he could understand the language of the birds. We've been given the blessings of everything that you can think of. Allah has given me what I need and more. This is truly the honorable favor. Allah says, Behold, when Sulaiman became the king and standing up addressing the people, suddenly the sky is getting dark with birds of all types, falcons, eagles, everything. And the earth being filled with people as far as your eye can see of birds, of humans, and of jinns. All soldiers and servants ready to serve the King Sulaiman. And this was part of the kingdom of Sulaiman They are all there to serve him without disobeying him whatsoever. In Surah Sabah Allah said, And for Sulaiman we had subjected the wind in any way he needed which covered a month's journey in the morning and a month's journey in the evening. So we subjected the wind to him. It blew softly at his biding wherever he wanted it to blow. So it wasn't harmful to his ship, made of rock and fall. It was smooth sailing. Allah also said, Allah subjected for him a whole wealth of iron, and brass and precious metal from the earth. But in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah gave him and we made a fountain of molten copper to flow for him. And he, and he built a furnace that would melt the copper, melt the brass, melt any of the metal, any of his iron, and he would use it to make his ships, he would make anything he wants. My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said we gave him a spring flowing with molten brass and we subdued for him jinn. Allah made the jinns slaves to Sulaiman. They made for him whatever he would desire. And Allah gives examples of some of the things he used to order his jinns and the humans, builders and architects to make. What did they make? Well,
built buildings, amazing buildings ahead of its time. And you'll see later on what kind we're going to talk about. Also, he had basins like water throwers and huge built-in cauldrons that you put food in, massive. And Sulaiman used to be very generous to the guests. He would make food and put them in massive brass cauldrons in order to feed a thousand people. So it tells us that the Prophet was very generous, very hospitable. He would always feed the people in thousands in one day. Now, when did Sulaiman get all that kingdom and all that power? He didn't get it immediately when he became a prophet. It happened after Allah had given him a few tests. He tested him with certain things to test his gratitude and whether he will forget that Allah gave him a blessing or whether he will be grateful to Allah's blessing. The first time he got tested was with horses. Sulaiman had a special love for beautiful horses. So Allah mentions that one day we tested him with for the best of the best of type of horses, which are very calm and quiet when they stand. So one day they offered him and he saw them so beautiful. And he said, Lo, I have come to love this wealth on account of the remembrance of my Lord. And when the horses disappeared, he ordered, Bring these horses back to me. And then he began to gently stroke their shanks and their necks. What does this verse mean? I go with the interpretation of Ibn Abbas When a squadron of fine, well-bred horses was presented before the Prophet Sulaiman he said, I love this wealth, not for the sake of personal glory or desire, but for the cause of raising the word of my Lord. Then he ordered that the horses run a race, and they disappeared from the sight. Then he ordered that they be brought back, and when they were brought back, according to Ibn Abbas, he started passing his hand on their necks and shanks with love. Then there was another test. Allah said, Surely we put Sulaiman to the test and cast upon his throne a mere body. Thereupon he penitently repented to Allah and turned to him. And Ibn Hazm, rahmatullah and I agree with this one, that he said, this was nothing but a test that we don't know the nature of, but there is nothing that we can say for sure what it was, and we give him that Allah tested his Prophet with something, and then Sulaiman repented immediately and was grateful. As a result of his repentance, Allah then says, and then Sulaiman asked Allah, O oh my Lord, give me a kingdom and a power that will not be for anybody after me. And then Allah says, uh, some of the jinns he had to tie up because they were too rebellious. And some of them he made free. And Allah said, do as you wish. Allah entrusted him and said, you are trusted with whatever you do because you have been tested and you passed, passed all the tests. A beautiful story in Surah An-Namr. He was walking one day with his army. He passed by a big home of ants. And Allah calls it the Valley of the Ants. One little ant said, O oh, ants, enter into your homes. Don't let Sulaiman and his army step on you. Well, they, don't even, they won't even feel it. They'll have no idea. Who taught the ant all of this? This is a miracle from Allah. Sulaiman heard the ant. Sulaiman smiled in laughter from what she said, in awe, in respect in amazement 
in happiness, in thankfulness. And immediately he said, Rabbi, oh my Lord, please help me to thank you enough for all the ni'mah, the blessings which you have blessed me with and upon my parents and help me so I don't lose my way and I do acts of righteousness that you'll be pleased with and make me enter the realm of your righteous servants. He goes to uh, Jerusalem and he starts building Al-Aqsa Mosque. And after that, he built his great temple called the Temple of Solomon. And from there, Sulaiman established his new kingdom and gave the orders. He gathers his council, important figures in his army of humans and important figures of jinns, including Ifrit and birds, including one called the woodpecker, Al-Hudhud, who had a special role. He looked at the birds and he noticed that the hoodhood was not there. So he goes, why do I not see the hoodhood among you today? Or has he decided to be absent without a proper or valid excuse? Or else, he must come to me with a clear knowledge. Then after a little while, the woodpecker returned. And it was late because he had been somewhere far. And it said to him, I discovered something which you did not discover. And I have come to you from Sheba, Sabah with a certain news. A woman was ruling them. She owns that kingdom. She has everything. Like she's got all the resources that anyone could ever need for a kingdom. And not only that, she has a magnificent, great throne. What I found was that her and her people were prostrating to the sun and the shaitan led them off the straight path and so they can't be guided. This is so intricately detailed by the woodpecker. The woodpecker almost understands the psychology of human beings. It did not say they chose to follow it. The shaitan and his history of deluding their forefathers led these people to worship the wrong thing, thinking the sun is the God. Why do they not prostrate to Allah? Allah says, it is only Allah. There is no God worthy of worship but He. He is the Lord of the magnificently great throne. Now, Sulaiman takes great interest in what the woodpecker says. So he said to the woodpecker, we will see a woodpecker if you are truthful in what you are saying or you are lying. He wrote a, a letter and he says to the woodpecker, take my letter and take it to the Queen of Sheba and then drop it. And then retreat a little bit, like go and land on a tree or something and observe. When the woodpecker went and she dropped the letter down from the sky, the Queen noticed the letter. Or maybe someone had brought her the letter and had told her that it dropped from the sky. 
that in itself, the Queen of Sheba thought this is something out of this world. She opens the letter up and reads it. Then she calls the intelligent and most wise of her servants. She seeks the opinion of her advisors before she makes a decision. Therefore, this tells you she is an intelligent leader, a great queen. She says, O oh, people who are full of wisdom, a noble letter has been dropped upon me. And then she says to them, before you talk, this letter is from Suleiman. He is the great king of magnificent and phenomenal feats that he does. It begins with Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The way she understands the letter is that everything about Suleiman and everything about this letter is based on these words. In the name of Allah, the only one God, the source of all mercy, the letter does not waste time. Straight to the point. Don't rise above me and come to me immediately submitted. Submit. Any king who receives that is a threat. It's an all-out war. But this queen didn't see it that way. She said, Oh my wise noble people, give me your advice, give me your opinions in my matter. I will not make a decision and never will. My principle and my rule is that I will never make a decision without seeking your advice first. Their answer was, we are people of great strength and great power and determination, but the matter is yours, so you tell us what would you like to command. Listen, kings normally, when they want to take over a land, they enter it and conquer it, and they make its people who used to be superior become inferior. And they cause them to fight one another and cause chaos. They take away their values and they take away their language and replace it with their own language and with their own values and with their own religion. And it makes the superior and the highest people become lowest so that they can beg. And the only way they will survive is by going to them. So they become like slaves and all they can think about is their survival. So her statement is huge. It's got so much meaning. But also she's saying, you know, he can do that to us, as you know, but I don't think he will. He doesn't sound like those types of kings. So she goes, but listen, I am going to send him a letter. I'm going to send him something, a gift. It means let's negotiate, but at the same time, I'm more powerful. At the same time, I have a lot. At the same time, if you accept it, it means that you think you're equal to me, or it means that you lack something. They knew what it meant. So she sent it. And when the messenger arrived to Sulaiman and gave him the gift from Sheba, he said immediately, Are you trying to support me with wealth? No. I don't need it. Allah has given me far better from what he gave you. Your intelligence is inferior to what it should be by looking at your gift as something worth of value. Go, messenger, you return back to your queen. And we shall bring an army that you will not be able to uphold and not be able to face. And then when the messenger left, uh, Sulaiman turns to his, uh, his advisors and all that. Who of you is able to bring me that throne of hers? The quickest. Allah says, a jinn who was a afrit, 
the higher ranking jinns, more powerful jinns called Afrit. I can bring you her throne before you leave this council. Now, as he said that, a human being stood up immediately and said, I can bring you her throne before you blink. Before Sulaiman even blinked, the throne was in front of him. Now, what I want you to do with this throne is I want you to play around with it a little bit. Make it look like slightly different. When she got the threat from Sulaiman, they suddenly found her that she was coming to the kingdom of Sulaiman. When she arrived, before seeing Sulaiman, the throne was in front of her. Someone said to the Queen Sheba, Balqis, they said to her, is that how your throne looks like? Sulaiman was to see if she can understand the message behind it, not what she sees in front. If she can see what's behind something, then I will understand that her worship of the sun was just a pure misguidance and she didn't know any better or that she feared her people will turn against her but deep inside she knows it's wrong so I want to test her so she looks at the throne Allah does not use the letter fa فَقَالَتْ immediately she said which tells us she was not hasty Allah says قَالَتْ which means after a little while of thinking she then said I can't say it is and I can't say that it isn't it seems as if it is amazing. When she did that, Sulaiman knew she is an intelligent woman who can be guided. She doesn't fall for just what she sees on the surface. She came and stood before Sulaiman, and the first thing she said to him was, Sulaiman, we have already received understanding of your knowledge, and we understood it before I even arrived here, us and my people. And we have come to you in submission. You don't have to do this test for me. I already know you are something beyond this world. And I know that you have a message beyond any other person in this world. So Sulaiman says, okay, come with me. Someone said to her, not Sulaiman, it was said to her, enter the palace. She looked at the floor and at the walls and everything, and she thought that the floor was flowing water. She took her shoes off, and she lifted her dress slightly until you could see her shins. She was going to step in water. She thought it was water. And then Sulaiman said to her, It is a palace and the floor, or made out of crystal. She sat on her knees and she said, I believe in Allah along with Sulaiman. And I follow his religion with my people. And she also said, I have been among the wrongdoers. She said finally, nafsi, My Lord, I have wronged myself and I have submitted with Sulaiman to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. What the Quran next talks about is that Sulaiman goes back to govern his land. And what happens is that he had ordered the jinns to continue building in his temple or buildings for people or whatever it was. And he was approximately about 50-something years old. So what he did, he found that among the jinns, there were rebellious ones. And what had happened was that he realized that some people in the land had started to develop a false belief about jinns. They started to think that jinns have powers of the unseen. 
And the Jews were helping people to do that. Because some of them were rebellious, they wanted to overthrow Suleiman Aysen. And sorcery and magic, voodoo, was creeping in. So they used to tell them false information about Suleiman and his kingdom. Suleiman is not the one who disbelieved. So therefore using sorcery is kufr, it's disbelief in Allah. But it was the shaytans who disbelieved. They were the ones who were teaching the people magic. And you'll find that the Jews themselves, they talk about Sulaiman as a man who had magic and sorcery. And there's all these bizarre... In the Bible, it talks terribly about Sulaiman and Dawood. Allah separates and protects Sulaiman and said, anyone who thinks that prophets taught people sorcery and magic, you are wrong. When Sulaiman saw this, he told them, Get into hard labor and do not stop. Any of you who stops shall be tortured and imprisoned. And to do that, Sulaiman had a stick. He sat down and placed his chin on the stick, watching them with his eyes open. And it was the will of Allah that Sulaiman died. The angel of death came and took his soul while he was in that position with his chin on the stick and his eyes open. The jinns were working and they're looking afraid of Sulaiman. Every time they look, they notice he's looking at them so they couldn't move. They kept working and working and working. Now the ayat of the Quran don't tell us how long for. But it could have been decades. Or it could have been months. Allah Allah says in the Quran, the jinns did not know that Sulaiman was dead until if it wasn't for the worm or the termite or whatever that insect was that was eating through the stick of Sulaiman it ate through the stick that the stick broke and Sulaiman fell that the jinns found out that he was dead now Allah says a very important message he says had they known the unseen they would not have remained in their painful torment 